This is the O'Reilly Bots Podcast. I'm John Bruner. We've given the most attention so far to bots that focus on the B2C market, bots that provide customer service and so on. But there's a great deal of interest in bots that could improve functioning within really large companies by providing interfaces to internal tools or coordinating communication between different divisions. Bots in the enterprise is the subject of today's episode. My guest is Tom Hadfield, who's the founder of Message.io, which is a cross-platform bot syndication service. Welcome, Tom. Good to have you on. Hey, John. I'm delighted. Really looking forward to the conversation. Thanks. So uh, you've got a great view on sort of bots in the enterprise, and we'll also talk a little bit about uh, the different messaging platforms. Since your company operates on all of them, you have a particularly good overview of uh, where they're all headed. But uh, let's start with bots in the enterprise. We tend to think of bots, the, you know, the earliest examples of bots that a lot of people have been tossing around in the last year or so have focused on the consumer. So uh, where do you see them fitting in the enterprise? Well, first, just to say that we all share this belief that conversational interfaces are going to completely change the way we interact with the world around us, with, with every business, with every service, with every device. Um, but we have this hypothesis that that change is going to happen first in the workplace. Mm -hmm. uh, we call it the, com the conversational workplace. It's going to fundamentally transform the way we engage with all enterprise software, with all enterprise services, in just the same way that the graphical user interface did in the 80s and the web did in the 90s and the shift to mobile did, uh, did more recently. And so it's the $620 billion market for enterprise software that we're particularly focused on at, uh, at Message.io. Where are you beginning to see beachheads for bots in the enterprise? There are a lot of functions within big enterprises uh, that are distinctly not contemporary uh, and that take a long time to change. So where are you seeing the early signs of this? I think the most important observation here is that it will touch every part of the enterprise, that conversational inter interfaces uh, will affect not just customer support and marketing and, and sales, but also how the HR team onboards new employees, how the finance team engage with uh, their accounting tools, uh, the way that everyone accesses analytics, the way the projects are managed and the, the way that um, developers access their tools, the way that the office manager runs the office and ordering office supplies. It really, the entire enterprise is, is about to go through this, this major shift towards um, a conversational interface. Uh, and, you know, I, I think it's just important to say, though, that we are literally on day zero. In the last three months, Microsoft has launched its enterprise messaging platform. Um, Facebook has announced Workplace. Mm -hmm. um, Google has announced Hangouts Chat. Cisco has announced it's investing heavily in Spark. Atlassian, who arguably is, has been around the longest, um, is also ramping up its efforts with HipChat. And so you're just beginning to see the world of large enterprises beginning to arrive. You know, obviously, this is a space that Slack has dominated for three years now. And, and their launch of Enterprise Grid in the last three months, again, is kind of part of this sign that the enterprise messaging space is growing up from the kind mm -hmm. of startup world into the world of, of very large enterprises. So let's kind of pick apart this uh, adoption by the enterprise of messaging. As you mentioned, Slack has been kind of um, shorthand for, uh, for a startup tool. You know, it's kind of small, agile companies that have moved to Slack. Bigger companies are still very, very email-based. So what has kept, you know, giant companies from moving toward messaging? Is it the lack of, of the kinds of security features and team features that 
Slack just introduced with Enterprise Grid and that all of these companies have recently introduced as well? Or is it a cultural problem? Uh, well, I think if you look at the adoption model for enterprise messaging in these large organizations, you see phase one, which arguably we've been in for some time, was this fragmented, bottom-up adoption of enterprise messaging by individual teams and departments. And in a kind of rogue way, you might say, kind mm -hmm. of engineering teams and others adopting Slack, for example. Phase two, which I think we've, we're just entering, um, is this kind of federated organization-wide top-down adoption of enterprise messaging. And, and that's what you're seeing with uh, uh, Enterprise Grid and Microsoft Teams in particular. And where we see this heading is kind of phase three, which is, uh, and this may be some way off, but which is a kind of global namespace for enterprise messaging mm -hmm. with full interoper interoperability between companies um, so that you can you know, chat with your lawyers and chat with your, um, um, your accountants or your marketing agency. But currently, those groups are kind of segregated away from your um, your own company's uh, installation. Yeah, that, that's a critical weakness in enterprise messaging that I've noticed is that anyone within a company that principally relies on messaging like Slack, but who is responsible for outside contacts, winds up being this kind of uh, gravitational, you know, node that pulls everyone away from messaging, right? Because if you're, yeah, if your salespeople have to be on email all the time in order to address their clients, then they'll tend to kind of like force everyone to keep an eye on email because they want to, you know, they'll continue to use email internally to forward messages and kind of build proposals and so on. That's right. And if you, if you look back through human history, any communication technology that has survived, whether it's uh, the, web, the web, email, telephone, fax, postal mail, um, they've all trended towards interoperability eventually. Mm -hmm. And those that didn't, you know, CompuServe, for example, <laughs> um, the, the, the kind of the walled gardens that, that, um, uh, that, that kind of restrict who you can communicate with and how have always disappeared. And, mm -hmm. and I think we saw that with the, the kind of the first wave of uh, instant messaging in, in the early 2000s. Uh, and so, you know, it, again, it feels to me inevitable that the enterprise messaging space, which currently is in its infancy, will eventually mature to a point where you'll be able to chat with um, um, your external um, service providers. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and, I, and I think that has consequence for the world of bots as well. Whereas today we think of the concept of a Slack app uh, or a HipChat add-on. Um, or a Microsoft Teams bot, I think that we'll look back on this day at some point in the future when bots will work everywhere, right? You'll build mm -hmm. once and you'll, and you'll deploy um, to, to every messaging platform. Do you anticipate that uh, this kind of cross-environment namespace, this universal namespace on these messaging platforms will arise through the platforms themselves adding that feature? Or do you think we're going to wind up with something like those, you know, the, the early 2000s IM tools that you mentioned that kind of integrate all of your uh, messaging accounts into a single client? Is it going to be something that's provided by like a, a third party service that sits on top of all of these? Yeah, and there, therein lies the billion dollar question. The short answer is I have no idea, of course. Um, um, the, the, the first point to make is that I think predicting the future is the easy part and getting the timing right is the most difficult. Right? <laughs> so <laughs> this could be many, uh, many years away. I think an important development, though, which advances us towards that future is that these walled gardens, these enterprise messaging platforms, they now have gates. Mm -hmm. uh, in the form of these APIs. Uh, and so that enables us to connect these walled gardens together into a, a kind of a unified messaging ecosystem where you can think of these platforms as kind of nodes on a network. And that really has only been able to be conceived of in the last uh, kind of 18 months or so since, um, since Slack opened up their, um, their API and others have followed. 
So let's take a quick overview of, of some of these recent developments in workplace messaging. We've talked a lot about Slack so far. That is kind of the starting point for a lot of these conversations. Uh, and then there's, you know, Microsoft Teams, uh, Facebook Workplace, revisions to uh, to Google Hangouts that have uh, recently been announced. So I wonder if you could just sort of step through and give us a broad overview uh, of these these platforms. Yeah, I mean, maybe a kind of a, a 60 second history on uh, of enterprise messaging. Um, you know, I, I think a good place to start is when HipChat opened up their platform uh, with the launch of their first API in 2010. Um, the acquisition by Atlassian in 2012 clearly um, was the beginning of, of this era. Um, you know, the launch of, um, of Slack in 2014, really, um, and then the opening up of their, um, their API in, in December um, 15 was clearly major milestones um, along the way. But really, it was only once it got, you know, fast forward now through to kind of late last year, a few months ago, you know, Microsoft announced Microsoft Teams on November the 2nd, which is integrated as part of Office 365. Facebook at almost exactly the same time launched uh, Workplace, pre previously known as uh, Facebook at Work, which had been in beta for um, almost a year and a half. Facebook at Work is, uh, or, or Workplace by Facebook is uh, a derivative of a, of a messaging platform that's been used internally at Facebook for some time, right? That's right. That's right. And, and again, a major milestone there was when they opened up their platform to developers um, uh, on December the 6th, uh, you know, only only a few months ago. Google obviously made a big announcement in early March, the launch of Hangouts Chat, you know, which, um, you know, Hangouts is a product that is used by tens of millions of people every day. And so really a major move by them. And again, that will be an open platform uh, with an API for developers. These are all team chat platforms with open APIs um, uh, and, and Cisco Spark, obviously, which has grown and is deeply integrated with their with their hardware offering. And so really, really, you have at least six major players uh, in the enterprise messaging space. Um, and then a, a number of other billion dollar companies that have um, enterprise messaging platforms. Ring Central has Glip, for example. You know, CA Technologies um, has acquired Flowdoc, um, which is well used. There are platforms like Convo. VMware has Socialcast. Um, so there's really, a, a, you know, it's a very fragmented ecosystem. And, and I would argue it's a perpetually fragmented ecosystem. And, uh, and so as a developer in this environment, building integrations or bots for these enterprise messaging platforms, you know, right now everyone builds for Slack and, um, uh, and, and, and maybe a couple of the new, newer platforms. But if, if you want to reach the maximum number of users, then you, then you really do need to be on, you know, at least kind of six to 10 major platforms. So I'm, I'm curious about sort of the, uh, the, the market strategies for these um, different workplace messaging platforms. Slack, of course, has grown kind of virally. It's, it's um, you know, it, it's been fashionable to use it for some time. And so people adopt it and then it becomes convenient to use it more. And it's a classic sort of network effect uh, growth process. Other tools that you just mentioned, you know, Google Hangouts chat uh, builds on the success of Google Hangouts as a as a workplace communication tool and kind of folds it in. And then uh, Cisco Spark is kind of the sleeper here. You don't hear about it that much, and it's um, not a product that you know a small team would would go out and, and implement. But it's probably well positioned because it's very closely tied to uh, Cisco's existing communications offering, WebEx which is in very, very wide use among really huge companies for whom, uh, you know, compliance and security are really important. They often run this stuff on premise and it's like very, very, you know, heavyweight applications. 
So uh, you you see a few of these patterns for kind of how the how the messaging app uh, you know platforms are going to enter the market. Well, that's right. I mean, I think that if you could categorize them into two groups, um, there are there are those offerings that are integrated within a much larger enterprise collaboration suite, right? So Microsoft is launching Teams as part of Office 365. Um, mm-hmm. Google is launching Hangouts Chat as part of G Suite. Cisco is integrating Spark within their offering, where there's very tight first party integrations mm-hmm. um, uh, with the with the broader platform. Versus companies like Slack and HipChat, which are taking a much more open architecture kind of uh, view where they're really relying on the ecosystem of, of third-party integrations to deliver some of the functionality that is coming from um, first-party integrations on, on the other platforms. I think the one dynamic just to highlight from the past three months is just this shift towards the large enterprise. You know, mm-hmm. when, Accenture, when Accenture turns on uh, Microsoft Teams, uh, they have 400,000 seats on day one. Mm-hmm. You know, when Danon turns on Facebook Workplace, they have 100,000 employees on, on day one, 238,000 on Starbucks. Wow. Um, you know, Slack has, Slack has announced uh, Enterprise Grid as companies like uh, Capital One and PayPal. You know, HipChat brings uh, people like Expedia and um, and Intuit. I mean, these are multi-billion dollar enterprises with tens, if not hundreds of thousands of users. Um, and as a developer in this environment, if you can, uh, it's, it's, it's just, it's a very different process to sell into large enterprises and get adoption across, um, across this group. And, and the numbers are, are just um, significantly larger than, you know, where we were a year ago building for, mm-hmm. um, for start- building for startups that were using Slack. I wonder what the retention looks like for uh, bots that enter the enterprise. Because you could, you could imagine that when Accenture switches on, you know, a messaging platform, Microsoft Teams to all 400,000 people, that they they carry with them the force of, you know, uh, enterprise policy, right? And they can kind of say, uh, all right, everyone now has to file your TPS reports with this bot. And suddenly all 400,000 people have to, as a matter of policy, use this bot. Uh, Do you see anything going on with, uh, you know, bot retention uh, rates, user retention rates for for bots, which has always been a tricky problem for consumer bots. So this is what excites me uh, so much as an entrepreneur is that we really are just at the start line, right? It's day zero. It's, it feels a lot like 1995. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We have a view of the future, which is feeling increasingly inevitable um, about the adoption of messaging in the workplace and, uh, and becoming the primary interface for accessing uh, enterprise software tools. And yet I'm not sure that any enterprise bot has seen installation across such a large organization as Accenture yet. It's probably mm-hmm. happening literally as we speak. I mean, it's just such an exciting time to be to be an entrepreneur um, and at the, at the kind of cusp of this new kind of S-curve. Um, I think to, to, to your point, though, I, I think there are a few learnings about um, uh, selling into large enterprises um, and getting adoption across large enterprises um, that we're beginning to see from some of the more mature kind of venture-backed enterprise bot companies. You know, there are, are, are a few kind of leaders in this space, Dan at Troops, uh, for example, uh, Rob May mm-hmm. at, at Tala, Roy at Zoom.ai. I mean, I don't, I don't list them all as, as uh, uh, um, you know, about eight to 10 kind of who have been at this for a year or so. They've raised several million dollars each. Um, they're selling into the Fortune 500 and they're beginning to share their learnings about that in forums such as Botanist Enterprise, which is a group we brought together in, in Austin um, uh, a couple of weeks ago, an industry group. So those learnings are just beginning to emerge, um, but it's uh, it's very early days. So uh, when you when you listed the, uh, you know, a handful of the companies that are adopting messaging along with the platforms that they are adopting, you hinted at one of the challenges that any bot creator would face in building a bot for 
the enterprise, which is that these enterprise users are uh, fragmenting themselves across the half dozen or so largest messaging platforms. And so uh, this goes to your the, the heart of your company, which is kind of syndicating bots across platforms. What is what is the process of of kind of cross-platform syndication look like? I mean, is it is it truly possible to simply write one bot and then uh, hit a button and deploy it uh, across all of the platforms? Or are there fundamental differences in kind of usage patterns across these platforms that make it essential to kind of write several different versions of the bot? Uh, the short answer is it, it depends what you want to do, right? And so um, on your first point, yes, absolutely. This idea that you can build once and deploy everywhere is kind of fundamental to um, this concept of bot syndication that we have at, mm -hmm. um, at, message, at Message.io. You as a developer today can build an enterprise bot for any platform natively and then use Message.io to deploy it to all the others using this um, kind of bot translation technology uh, that, that we've developed. Um, obviously, there are certain circumstances where it makes sense to build a first-class experience on a particular platform. If you want to make use of some of the um, special features that are unique to a particular platform. Um, but what we're finding actually is that about 80% of the um, you know 1,100 enterprise bots that exist today use a common core. Um, kind mm -hmm. of set of API functionality and UI elements uh, that is common across all the platforms. The API methods all have different names, uh, but essentially you're you know you're you're listing the users in a channel. You're you're retrieving user profile information. You're creating a channel. You're deleting a channel. And these are these are these are common to um, almost all of the enterprise messaging platforms. And if you're using that basic set of functionality, uh, there's really no need to build natively for for every platform. And so. We have this vision at Message.io for bots that work everywhere, a world where, where every bot works on every platform. And, uh, and as a developer, you can build once and deploy it everywhere. And, um, and so we're working very closely with the platforms themselves, with the, the, the bot building frameworks, and with agencies who are building for, for large enterprises to really get adoption of this idea that you don't need to keep rebuilding your bot um, for, uh, for every platform that you, uh, you want it to run on. So when you translate a bot between uh, between you know different messaging platforms, does that involve just you know an explicit dictionary somewhere that like maps all of the affordances, all of the functionality of of the different uh, messaging platforms together, and just kind of says, well, it, you know, with, this is a list profile API call in uh, in Slack is the same as the show profile API call in Facebook Messenger. Yeah, I mean, at a very high level, the concept of bot translation is very simple. Um, so you can build your bot natively for one platform, HipChat, for example, and use Message.io to deploy it to Microsoft Teams, for example. When the Microsoft Teams user sends a message to that bot, it comes to us, uh, Message.io, in Microsoft's format. We translate it from Microsoft's format to HipChat's format and relay it in real time to the HipChat bot which replies just as if it was coming from HipChat and to us. Uh, and so we translate that response from HipChat's format to Microsoft's format and relay it back to the Microsoft uh, user. And so we're literally like a man in the middle that is translating and relaying messages back and forth such that a HipChat add-on can now communicate with uh, users on, on any of the other enterprise messaging platforms. So that's in concept. In practice, it turns out to be much more complicated than that because, yes, you're right, we are mapping um, API methods from, um, from one platform to another. We're mapping UI elements from one platform to another. We're trying to gracefully degrade 
certain features or functionality if they don't map while, st- while still maintaining the, the, the functionality of so the bot. So you guys are so, becoming enforcers. <laughs> well, it's interesting. You know, we, we have developed essentially our own interlingua, uh-huh. this kind of uh, universal messaging language, if you like, um, that we translate everything uh, to and from. Because we're an any-to-any platform, that means you can build natively for any platform and translate it to any other enterprise messaging platform. It does get complicated very, um, very quickly, but it's um, it's live, and you know, we uh, we currently support Cisco Spark and, and HipChat and Microsoft Teams and and Slack and even uh, uh, Twilio and um, and and soon uh, Workplace by Facebook and, and Google Hangouts chat as well. Yeah, the diversity, the the fullness, the plentiful selection of uh, UI affordances is is really interesting. Um, there is an effort through Botness, which is the kind of uh, informal bot working group that you and I are both a part of, to uh, survey bot developers on what they want in the way of UI affordances, UI primitives. There's a, in fact, the survey is open right now, um, and I'll include a link to the survey in the notes that accompany this episode. But we're starting to see more awareness on the part of the messaging platforms that they need to introduce UI primitives that are consistent with, you know, the primitives on other messaging uh, platforms. Because you're, you're starting to see a lot more developers want to develop, you know, similar bots across the platforms and, um, you know, bring their functionality with them. Yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, in this kind of Cambrian explosion of enterprise messaging of the last few <laughs> months, we're, we're still in that phase of kind of divergence between the platforms and innovation. And that's positive. You know, Microsoft is making a bet on tabs, hit chat on the side mm-hmm. panel, you know, Cisco on their hardware integration and, and global identity namespace. And so what we're beginning to see, though, um, is kind of convergence around this common set of core functionality, uh, which is necessary, frankly, because what we're hearing from uh, investors in this space, for example, um, is that no one platform alone is a big enough market to sustain a venture scale business. Um, and so mm-hmm. uh, in order for these um, enterprise bot companies to succeed and in order for these enterprise software companies to be worthwhile making the investment in, in messaging integrations, there needs to be a way to um, kind of build once and, and reach users um, everywhere. And so so we've, we've been trying to promote this idea of convergence around a common set of core um, a kind of API functionality and and, um, and and UI elements, not framing this as open standards, right? No one wants W3C, no one wants um, mm-hmm. uh, standards working groups, um, but simply sharing best practices amongst the platforms. You know, which of the you know 116 API methods or 130 event calls uh, on some of these platforms are actually getting used by developers and and trying to kind of encourage other platforms to to bring their APIs and their and their functionality up to speed so that developers can 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 rely on a common core set of functionality even if each platform may um, may have its own kind of unique differentiation so among these early adopters uh, of messaging in the enterprise what are some of the most compelling use cases that you're seeing that are uh, you know encouraging these companies to implement these massive messaging installations it's important to remember that enterprise bots uh, kind of touch all all verticals uh, within within the enterprise we are seeing um, some really interesting applications across a few primary verticals though you know customer support for example it turns out that the messaging interface is just the best way to reply to customer service tickets mm-hmm. um, as they come as they come in um, and so uh, you see uh, large established players like freshdesk and, and Zendesk uh, adopting messaging as a as an important channel um, you see venture back startups like smooch 
um, doing well in this space. You see bot-first companies like um, Chatlio or Slask, um, who are bringing the full functionality um, um, of, uh, of the customer service tool uh, into the messaging interface. And so that's clearly one category where we're seeing a lot of um, uh, kind of innovation and, and adoption. Um, HR um, is a uh, another great use case um, for, for enterprise bots. We use absence.io, for example, for, for managing our vacation time. We're seeing a lot of kind of team satisfaction and happiness integrations, companies like Growbot and Bonusly and, and HeyTaco. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, kind of marketing and, and analytics is, an, is, a, is a hot category right now. Um, you know, Damesh, who's the CTO of HubSpot, has had a lot of kind of mainstream um, adoption of, of their bot, which is called GrowthBot. You know, StatsBot uh, is one of the venture-backed companies that's doing well in this space. You know, in terms of what we use at Message.io, we're, we're seeing um, some of the office management tools, for example, Kip Cafe, uh, mm-hmm. which is used for kind of collaborative lunch ordering amongst the team. And I think that goes to a really important point, which is the top use cases for enterprise bots are, are things that are much more difficult to do via the web or via a mobile app, mm-hmm. where messaging has a kind of unique advantage. Um, and, and so when Kip takes a lunch order, for example, it simply posts in a channel and asks you what you'd like to have for lunch and everyone can reply and the order gets placed, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which would be a, a much more difficult use case to try and, uh, to try and do uh, through, a, through a mobile app. Um, for example, I mean the list goes on. I mean, in terms of project management, I think what Kyber are doing is um, is, is really interesting with uh, you know bringing the full suite of project management tools within the within the messaging interface. And I think it's important to differentiate between full bots like uh, like Kyber from more lightweight integrations. Uh, where you're seeing kind of a lot of companies using messaging basically as a notification channel, right? Mm-hmm. So they send mm-hmm. they send push notifications to their mobile users. They send email alerts to their customers, uh, and now they're also sending uh, notifications into messaging um, um, using uh, using uh, incoming webhooks. And so you know, it, it, bots is just one piece of this actually. Um, uh, that kind of commands, um, slash commands, uh, which take mm-hmm. a different form on, on some of the other platforms, but, you know, very simple kind of command and syntax based execution of tasks, you know, uh, you know, are, is another type of messaging integration. And like I say, uh, you know, kind of simple notifications are, um, an increasingly kind of popular way for many, uh, enterprise software. But just for example, you know, uh, we use Gusto uh, for our payroll. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, every time it's payday, I get an email from Gusto kind of celebrating that I got paid. Um, <laughs> it, it makes no sense to send that to me by email because I'm living inside Slack. And so I'd like to get um, right. notifications from Gusto letting me know that it's payday. That's It's not necessarily, they don't need to build a full bot. It's a simple incoming webhook integration. And we think there's tens of thousands of enterprise software tools that are going to be building that, even that basic notification integration into messaging. Um, um, in the coming weeks and months. Now, as you know, uh, I, like Pete, have tried to be a little bit of a bot uh, skeptic as the area has emerged, which is always a good approach to take with uh, some new kind of technology. You ask why it's better in any given application than something that's already there. And we've seen plenty of bots that uh, don't quite pass that test. You know, they do something that might be better achieved by a web form. But there are a couple of things about the bots that you just mentioned that I think do stand out in in interesting ways as making sense. And I think you could summarize them as security and discovery. So security is just a a giant headache for any user of, you know, internal systems within an enterprise. Maybe you have to be on a VPN or, uh, you know, log into your company's intranet before, say, getting into your web analytics or visiting your, um, your company's, you know, HR administrative 
uh, site to maybe change your mailing address or, or check on your paycheck. But in, in these situations, you basically have the messaging application handling security. And it's assumed that if the user has the messaging installation installed and is able to use the messaging uh, application, then they are uh, properly authenticated and they're in the system. So you just open Slack or open Spark or Facebook Messenger or something like that and immediately start to get uh, important internal information about your analytics or your paycheck or whatever. The second thing that I think is really interesting is uh, discovery, which is ironic because discovery is a problem that uh, we've talk talked about with bots for some time. But in this case, discovery with existing enterprise tools is often even worse than the discovery uh, situation for bots. Say you want to figure out how to get your web analytics. Often that involves you know, logging into your company's VPN and then going to the intranet, possibly logging in a second time, searching through the Confluence pages that haven't been uh, updated since 2009, <laughs> finally landing on your analytics package discovering that you have to log in a third time with a username and password that are different from the first two sets of usernames and passwords that you used. So if these bots can operate from kind of a universal namespace, and if you can search for these internal services by like just having a, you know, a blank field somewhere in your messaging application and typing, uh, you know, show me web analytics, that's extremely powerful. And it really brings these uh, enterprise tools and these systems within reach of a much larger number of people within the organization who can now get to them easily rather than fighting their way toward them. Yeah, completely. Yeah, 100% agree. I mean, it's removing friction. It's making work easy, you know. Um, and uh, and I think it's interesting, uh, you know, in this past year, it's already been proven, you know, like uh, Statspot has created a natural language uh, interface for your analytics tools. Uh, and it works and it's great. And we use it for um, for, for checking our Google Analytics. Um, you know, uh, Tala, for example, uh, has created a kind of intelligent um, service assistant for HR and, and IT so that I can type in what's our company expense policy or how, how do I buy a new computer and, and it will um, go find that, uh, that information for me from uh, from our company's knowledge graph. Mm -hmm. Companies like Troops are making it easy to add to your CRM without needing to you know launch a dedicated um, uh, you know mobile app or, um, or or website when you're on the go. And so I think we're already seeing some really great use cases that are proving that the messaging interface is the best way to execute many of these tasks in the workplace. Um, and what we're beginning to see now is having kind of earned our stripes in the in the kind of small to medium sized business world. Uh, the 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 kind of the large players are waking up to this this opportunity and beginning to see the messaging interface as the connective tissue that connects not just disparate teams, but also the applications and the different systems of record that they have. Um, and and the messaging, therefore, is becoming the kind of the operating system for the enterprise upon which all of this enterprise software runs. So uh, let's talk about selling to enterprises. This is always a little tricky. What are you seeing in the way of successful approaches uh, that, that bot developers are using to sell into enterprises? So it's early days. Um, you know, companies like uh, Tala and uh, and Drift are really kind of pioneering selling into large enterprises, and they're learning a few things. You know, they're learning that the importance of finding the right buyer, which really depends on the vertical, right? It often involves IT, um, but it may also involve the head of HR or the head of customer service. They're learning that enterprises are slow, right? That, that buying cycles are long, and that in fact, getting adoption by one team within the enterprise, a pilot, if you like. Um, before pushing for 
organization-wide deployment um, is really the right way in. I also think it's important to kind of speak their language. You know, it's important mm-hmm. that we're emphasizing security and compliance, things like uh, ISO certification or um, showing awareness of things like the EU privacy shield and, and model contract clauses when it comes to data protection. I think it's really important when you're selling into large enterprises. Oh, that um, sounds so uh, onerous. <laughs> Just <laughs> well, those terms. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it really is the coming of age of um, of our industry, John. You know, that the, yeah. the, the, the a year ago we were at bot meetups in San Francisco, you know, raising seed rounds for creating uh, Slack apps, right? Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. And, and now, you know, 12 months later, we've got the arrival of Starbucks and Accenture and, you know, huge, you know, half million employee companies right. uh, where, you know, you know, FINRA compliance and HIPAA compliance and is uh, necessary in order to do business with these um, with these large customers. But the reward is that much greater, you know, and, and right. so I think, the, again, the important thing to highlight here is that, you know, we are right at the very beginning of this um, and the platforms themselves are only just rolling out their large enterprise clients and, um, uh, and, we're, and we're only just beginning to learn how you sell messaging integrations and bots into, into these large enterprises. So uh, are, are there any sort of ready-made tools for you know, small scale bot developers who need to achieve HIPAA or FINRA compliance or, you know, comply with uh, EU data privacy regulations, stuff like that? Uh, no, but the platforms themselves are helping make this easier. And so, you know, uh, Slack Enterprise Grid, for example, really emphasizes the the capability to uh, allow bot developers to be HIPAA and, and FINRA compliance. And the and the platform team there, you know, headed by um, Amir, who, who just really has been pioneering this space, doing great work for the industry, showing a real willingness to work with enterprise bot developers and enterprise software companies to, to bring their offering up to speed in terms of compliance and, and security. And we're seeing that in other companies too, you know, Microsoft and Cisco and, and Atlassian, uh, also just really wanting to work with developers on their platforms to help them sell into the large their large enterprise customers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you hosted Botanist Enterprise a couple of weeks ago. Uh, this is an event in Austin put on along with Botanist, which is this uh, sort of informal working group that I mentioned. Uh, what did you what did you hear there? What was the the kind of uh, mood of the community that's producing enterprise bots? Yeah, this was a this was a great event in early March uh, in Austin during South by Southwest for the enterprise bot uh, community. We had about 40 uh, founders of uh, enterprise bot companies um, sharing best practices and, and learnings um, along the lines that we've been talking about today. We had representatives from um, all of the enterprise messaging platforms together for a panel discussion, sharing what they're learning about building developer-friendly enterprise platforms uh, Phil Libin um, and, and Matt Hartman from uh, from Betaworks um, mm-hmm. shared their observations about the the enterprise bot landscape from a venture capital perspective, um, uh, which was really interesting. Um, we also had Damesh, the CTO of HubSpot, come in and and uh, talk from a, a kind of a large company perspective about building um, messaging messaging integrations. And so it was a really kind of positive day, actually. I, I mean, I, I think it's what's fun about this phase of adoption of a new technology is that the community is small enough that everyone wants to help each other, you know, and mm-hmm. um, and so there's a lot of a lot of sharing of best practices. I think one observation of the day was that there were customers missing uh, from <laughs> from the conversation. You know, um, the word navel gazing was mentioned, right? Uh-huh. That I think that you've got this kind of insular view of the bot community now. And I think it's important during this next phase 
that we really open up these groups to large enterprises, to CIOs, to um, IT managers and purchasers, the people who are actually consuming the uh, the, the enterprise uh, bots that uh, that are getting built. And so that's right. um, what we're planning for the next uh, the next Botness Enterprise event. Terrific. So there are uh, videos available online on the Enterprise Botanist website, and I'll link to those as well in the show notes that accompany this episode. So Tom, it's been a pleasure to have you on. If listeners want to find you online, where should they look? So the Message.io website is www.message.io, and you can follow me on Twitter um, at Tom Hatfield. Terrific. Oh, this has been great. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Hey, thanks so much, John. And thanks to you and Peter for everything you're doing for the community. We all love your show, so um, keep up the good work. Thanks. We love doing it. With the O'Reilly Bots Podcast, I'm John Bruner. 